770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. This is Right Side Radio with your host, Phil Williams. Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, I am so thankful to have this opportunity to be with you. Phil Williams, I'm a former state senator, uh, Army colonel. Uh, what else have I done? My wife's here in the studio. Honey, what else has been in my weird eclectic resume? I've got all kinds of things. that uh, I was, I'm a lawyer. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, the bottom line is this. Uh, I've got this eclectic resume that brings all kinds of things to bear into my opinions, and uh, you're going to get to hear them. But like I said earlier in the first half hour, if you are listening to Right Side Radio right now, what that means is you are not alone. Uh, there is a whole world of folks out there that believe that the conservative values that we grew up with should be maintained, uh, supported, promoted, enhanced, and that's what we're going to do with Right Side Radio. If I can do anything at all, it would be to do the what I keep calling the four E's. We're going to enlighten you, empower you, educate you, entertain you, and that's the goal. And then you just enjoy the process with us, y'all. It's going to be a good ride. Hey, listen, uh, in the last half hour, as we closed out the half hour, I told you that the Alabama Policy Institute, where I do a lot of work, has recently come out with our first ever legislative scorecard. There are only four out of 35. There are only four senators who got a 100% score, and one of them is on the phone with us right now. So I want to thank uh, my good friend, uh, State Senator Arthur Orr, for joining us. And if you don't know Arthur, I think most of you do. He does serve the listening area. He lives in Decatur, serving Senate District 3, first elected in the year 2006. He is chairman of one of the two uh, Senate budget committees uh, considered to be a member of the leadership for the Senate Republican Caucus. And like I said, scored 100% on API's new scorecard. Arthur, thank you for calling in. Senator Orr, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine, Phil. Uh, I, I feel sorry for you working on what is a holiday for a lot of folks. But uh, congratulations on the show. I know uh, you're going to do a great job and, and really bring a lot of uh, inside news from Montgomery and from around the state and probably some D.C. stuff as well. Uh, to educate your listeners, and I appreciate your stepping up and doing this. Well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate that very much. And um, listen, uh, you you did well on the scorecard. Uh, I hope you've seen it. If you haven't seen it yet, it's hanging out there on the Alabama Policy website. Um, but uh, but you did. You were one of only four. And I th- here's what's interesting, Arthur, if you didn't know this already, is the four 100 percenters all came from this listening area in the state Senate. That was you, uh, Senator Butler, uh, Senator Gavan and Senator Schofield were the only four members of the uh, of the Senate body who had 100% on the scorecard. So congratulations and thank you very much. Well, thank you. And uh, all of those gentlemen represent Madison County. That's a, a common county that we have and represent. And, uh, you know, again, it speaks to the conservative nature of this area in North Alabama. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, having grown up here and, and served other parts of North Alabama, I would agree that, that Huntsville does have that reputation. Not every member of the House delegation can can claim that 100% mark, I can tell you that. Um, but uh, thankful for you guys in the Senate that are holding the line. Um, you know, uh, I'll be honest with you. When you and I were serving together and I came in, you, you were there a, a, a term ahead of me, and I came in in 2010's election. Um, I felt like we were marching on a principled path as a, as a conservative caucus. We were, we were literally, we were literally, I don't want to say in lockstep because that's what Democrats like to say. You're just in lockstep with whatever the party says. Well, no, we were acting as conservatives and there was a lot of things that we did in terms of tax relief, uh, fighting back against the teachers union, uh, fiscal disciplines that had never been put in, in place before. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite feel like that, that same flavor is among the body as a whole right now. Your, your thoughts on that? 
Well, I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you, Phil, because it, it is a concern. Back in 2010, you know, we, we yourself included, of course, uh, we took on the Democratic entrenched Democratic machine that had been running this state for over 100 years. And as you said, uh, we were very uh, united in trying to clean up our state ethically and fiscally and, and other measures as well. And uh, we, the lobbyists, as you recall, they didn't know what to think. They just got the heck out of the way. Uh, they felt like they were getting steamrolled at every uh, turn because those same lobbyists, most of them, had supported the incumbent Democrat uh, that was in power. And uh, so, therefore, the new Republican uh, majority owed very little to the uh, lobbying community. And, uh, you know, it, it was something to behold. And so here we have, you know, coming forward, we it's a real concern that you see the bandwidth uh, of our caucus and it, where it's just a lot larger or, or wider um, when it comes to philo- philosophical or um, uh, principles of, of governance and conservatism. And uh, it makes it more difficult to, to get things done. The, the unity that we had in 2010 has dissipated uh, over the past 10 years, uh, year after year after year. And I, I, I probably didn't articulate that very well. No, but, you said it well. Uh, it, it is a concern, and I, I hope your scorecard that API put out will uh, make members think uh, about you know, what they're supporting, what they're voting for. Now, you know, all scorecards can be um, suspect of being gamed or manipulated. And uh, But anyway, it's a good starting point, and API knows Alabama. You get some out-of-state organizations that have them. They don't know the issues as well as API uh, does, and uh, it's, it's just good to see API helping um kind of let the public know where members are voting and what they're supporting. Well, I think that's true. You know, one of the things that we we tried to do on this was not just label some key votes. I mean, obviously, API has a long history of taking a stand on certain measures. We decided not to uh, score every single vote because that gets unmanageable. Uh, We wanted to pick some that were key, and we also announced them in advance so that no one would be surprised and say, well, I didn't know you were going to care about that. Well, you shouldn't have mattered whether you knew we were going to care, but nonetheless, we told you we did. But then the other piece of this, though, uh, uh, Senator Orr, is that it, uh, so many folks don't realize what it means to have a local legislation raising taxes. And so we, we literally put on our scorecard, did that particular legislator uh, participate in the passage, or for that matter, even sponsor a, a local bill that kind of flies under the radar? You know how they do. They fly under the radar. People don't realize they're there. And next thing you know, they're paying more sales tax or more occupational tax, and they never realize that a bill was going on. That their delegation supported and got passed, and that's on the scorecard too. And it's 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 interesting to look at who, even among those who consider themselves most Republican, most conservative, and you know they would say they're fiscal disciplined, and yet they were raising taxes back home, and people didn't even see it coming until the scorecard comes out. Yeah, so uh, you know the, the, you're right. The local bills many times get uh, overlooked and uh, not calculated or tallied particularly by these out-of-state organizations. But uh, it, it, to some defense, you know that local bills 
uh, can be at the wishes of a county commission or a school board. And uh, sometimes there's extent, there are extenuating circumstances. But that's where, uh, you know, a legislator needs to make sure that uh, we've done all that we can do before we start uh, looking to raise taxes at the local level. Well, that's a classic, that's a classic example. You're right. There, there are times when you as a legislator or me when I was in office serving four counties over in the northeastern part of the state, when you literally have to, you know, you, you have to work with your, your local folks because they are your constituents too. Your county commission is still your county commission, and you're there to serve them, but you're also not there to kowtow to them. And if they come to you and say, listen, you got to do it. we got to have this bill. We need more money. Then the question has to be raised, well, I got elected by more than just the eight members of this county commission. I, I got elected by more than just this city council. You guys need to understand, I have to answer to the broader community here, and I don't think they're going to want this tax. And, and ask the questions, why are we doing it? What reforms have you put in place? But, Arthur, let me ask you this. Um, in general, and, and, I, and by the way, I'd like you, to, if you could, to stay on. We're going to have a break in a minute. I, I'd like you to stay on through the break because I want to I want to hit the ABC board issue with you before you get off the phone. Um, but for right now, I want to stick with the scorecard thing and just talk about the, the general concept of accountability uh, for elected officials. Um I mean, I think too often accountability is considered to be a bad thing or it's, it's considered to be a negative. And there's no insult cast by this API scorecard, but it is designed to project um, an image and to let people know what has happened that they may not have otherwise seen on AL.com or in their local paper. Uh, you want to speak for a second about the concept of accountability for elected officials? I'd appreciate it. Well, it's important uh, because I think you alluded to it earlier Many times legislators can get elected and they go down to Montgomery or some, I guess they go to Washington and the people really don't know how they're voting. And they go back to their districts. They tell people how conservative they are, uh, how, and, and, you know, they're conservative principles. But, uh, many times the decisions that they're making, uh, when it comes time to voting yes or no on particular issues aren't indicative of those conservative principles. Now, we can quibble about, you know, what is conservative or not conservative on various issues at times, but generally there'll be a pattern over a period of votes, and, uh, you, you know, people can draw their own conclusions. Well, and, and you're right, and then people need to have the the information to be able to draw their own conclusions. And I think that's what's missing so often these days is you do not have a clear image. And I know there's going to be people that take issue with even some of our positions. I mean, there's going to be people saying they, they had to vote for the medical marijuana bill because it helped people. But then the question is going to be, well, then why didn't you at the very least debate that bill raising taxes or that bill expanding government or that bill uh, allowing for a warrantless search and seizure? You voted against the bill, and we appreciate that. But but everything I heard in the debates on the floor, uh, which literally were, were more far more vocal in the House this time, I will say, than they were in the Senate, but in the House debate – they never got into uh, the details past the emotion of wanting to help someone's health, even though the medical, I would say the medical is still split on that. But the reality is they never debated the rest of the bill, which is a big part of why API uh, chose to take a position on it and try to give the nuances of the bill to the general public. Um, and now the grades are going to come out and people are going to question, well, this, this helps seizures. I had to do it for my constituents. Well, could you have done it differently? Did you have to raise their taxes while you did it? And, and 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 those questions have to be asked. Yes, and, and that's uh, something that is usually or has been lacking uh, in Montgomery, asking those hard questions. 
Well, and, and I'm going to ask you a hard question. Uh, we've got two senators, by the way, and, I, and I don't, I'm not going to try and ding them too hard right now because I think one of them has some serious health issues. But we've got two senators who have been absent from the body for the entire year. One of them was absent for, for two years straight. Um, and I know there's, there's, the, there's the gentleman's rule that we typically have an excusing of the absent senators at the beginning of each legislative day. But, uh, but Senator Orr, uh, at what point is a, a constituent deserving of the right to know that their senator never even shows up in Montgomery for legislative session? Because attendance is one of the things that we scored here, too. Well, I, I think it's important, as you said, one had uh, some serious health concerns uh, undergoing cancer treatment during this past year session. That person's been a very solid uh, attendee. Uh, during the first two years of the quadrennium. The other senator uh, has not been there this quadrennium and uh, I think also has some health issues. And quite frankly, I think it's up to the constituents to, uh, of the senators to let them know, particularly the one that's been absent for three years, uh, that, that they want representation and that they expect uh, to be represented. And if that person cannot attend in person and vote in as necessary as is necessary then uh you demand their resignation well and i think that's what's going to have to happen but i would dare say uh arthur that uh the bulk of uh her constituents don't even know that she's been absent uh because no one's telling them that they don't they don't see it and and you know unless they're able to pay attention or have that kind of direct access to know uh they're not going to know um hey listen in in a minute we're gonna we're gonna go to break um but uh there was a pretty cheesy article I thought written the other day by Steve Flowers, um, all about the ABC board. And, uh, I do know for a fact that you have had a burr under your saddle for years about the fact that the state of Alabama is in the alcohol selling business, that every ABC store, we used to call them state stores. Every person who stocks a shelf is actually a uh, state employee on state benefits and all of that. And it competes with the private sector, which is not really a good free market principle. And I was usually one of your co-sponsors on the bills to do away with the ABC board um, and was, was glad to debate that, you know, in committee with you and occasionally on the floor. It just doesn't seem to be getting the traction that I want it to get. And uh, so let's let's open that conversation. Um, Copper, how long we have for the next break right now? We, we got about a minute. So, so. Folks, you're listening to Right Side Radio. I'm Phil Williams, your host. It's 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. You can call in later. We're going to have the lines open, 866-494-WVNN. But for right now, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. We'll be right back.
Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams on Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Listen, I want to get back to a discussion I was having with a a friend and former colleague, uh, State Senator Arthur Orr. Uh, Arthur, I assume you're still on the line with us? We're here. All right, man. Hey, listen, uh, I I mentioned earlier that... uh, I thought that this was a, a pretty cheesy article that was written by uh, Steve Flowers, who writes all over the state and uh, gets published in a lot of local newspapers. And he came out and just basically said, oh, the ABC board, it's God's gift to the people of Alabama, and we need to keep it. And, you know, the ruby red slippers, and there's no place like home. And it just, it just smacked to me of, I felt like Matt Gibson at the uh, ABC board is the one who wrote it for him is what it felt like. Um, but uh, you laugh because you know I'm telling the truth. That's right. But, I feel I, you know, it's been a le- this writer of this, of this article, this columnist, uh, it's been alleged in print by an independent newspaper out of Mobile. You know, he pays to, uh, he gets paid to write certain articles. And, uh, I've, I'm just been around Montgomery long enough. I, my, my smell detector is up that somebody paid him to uh, write such an article that's so glowing of our current status quo when it comes to ABC. Well, and and so to to, to unpack this a bit for the listeners who may not be aware, every time you see an ABC store, and we used to call them state stores, the the reality is that ABC store is an Alabama-owned, like the state of Alabama-owned, competing with private entity, uh, uh, it, it's a, it's basically it's an alcohol store that's that all the employees are state employees and the state of Alabama is in the alcohol selling business and you have been the champion for the idea of uh, revising and or just getting rid of the whole ABC board process uh, and I was in the Senate with you uh, very often as one of your co-sponsors uh, give us give us the the elevator pitch here on why that needs to change well I mean just look at it from a sixty thousand foot view. And if we were designing state government today, Phil, would we sit down at a table and say, well, let's, uh, let's compete in the uh, alcohol sales business or let's get in the car retail sale of automobiles or whatever, uh, would we do that? And I, I think not. But this is a legacy. And you talked about the state owning the ABC stores. Yes, they own the business. But here are the three general opponents. Um, number one, you have the ABC store locations. Those are all leased. And the landlords are the ones that hire the lobbyists to lobby against the bill um, in the legislature. No, they, say very so. sweetheart deals as uh, far as the, uh, the leases for the ABC locations. Uh, landlords love those deals, and so uh, they don't want to lose those sweetheart deals. The next uh, group, and this is very understandable, are the six, 700 state employees that do a good job. They do a hard day's job for honest work, uh, don't want to lose their jobs. But my rebuttal is, are we running an employment agency? Are we, is this the point of state government? If so, let's go out and hire a bunch more people and put them on the state payroll. If uh, that is, uh, you know, what we're here to do is, is max out the number of employees that we have. And then lastly, there's a small concern about uh, would it cause increased uh, alcohol consumption. And that assumes that private retailers uh, would, uh, you know, break the law more readily. And, you know, we've got six, 700 
private locations now today across the state. Uh, there are about 180 state locations. A fair number of those lose money. So we're subsidizing the state locations. And one of the things in the articles, let me say this, is one of the just bald-faced lies in the article is that, oh, this takes money from the general fund. Well, every bill I've had said, the money still goes to the same agencies and the same percentages. If you leave the markup, the tax structure, all that the same, that same rev- assuming people drink the same amount, all of that revenue still inures to the state agencies. And hey, Arthur, let me let me today. let me wind that down, brother, because we're up against a hard break top of the hour. We're gonna API is gonna be joining you on this issue. This is one we're gonna unpack with fiscal discipline in mind and looking at state government. And, uh, and I want to appreciate you for all the work you've done. Thank you for calling in today, man. Right Side Radio, Phil Williams, WVNN, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, right back. VNN Athens, WVNN FM, Trinity, Accumulus Station.